Black Hypothesis. Everybody, this is V Langston Jules and Paper Me, and we are Black, Black Hypothesis, Hypothesis STEM for, for the, the culture. culture. Cool, you know what I'm happy about? That's what? it. It's March, that's dope because spring is just around the corner. We just coming off a dope Black History Month, and now mm-hmm. it is Women's Month. All right, shout out yes. to the ladies. And I feel like for Black women, they get two months straight of just being lit, you know? What is so, with the they get too much? I'm here too. They, uh, you could you, you could mean, include me in that. I'm, black woman over here. This is what I think. I think you want to say Paper Maid. Paper Maid got through Black History Month and Women's History Month. So Paper Maid is lit. I think I'll that's take what you it. Really Unnecessary. Unnecessary, yeah. but I'll uh-huh. take it. Uh-huh. All right. Y'all. Y'all. Is that better? Y'all. Hey, better yes. Now. Much cool. better. Bye. Much better. Bye. I think See, that's uh, what we do when we call them out when they're incorrect. <laughs> we call everybody out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I feel like y'all contribute so much to us as a society, definitely in the election that just came. So, uh, but with all the things that you guys have contributed, I feel like there's also not as much credit and not as much, um, just not as much observations and things that do affect black women uh and specifically like medically like fibroids and i let's talk about that uh for this episode what do you think we don't talk explicitly about the the female experience the experience of women because we're just like that is private keep it to yourself but that's the reason why women don't know this stuff i would like to go ahead and talk about uh, the female experience, the black woman experience with fibroids, like you're saying, because I've been through it and I know many of us have. So let's really give our women the attention they deserve with this topic. Cool. Let me tell you, because I've been through it, because this is a black woman over here. In case you forgot again, the links and jewels. This is a black woman over here, and I've been one time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one time out here. All right, go ahead. And and we don't let you forget, though, and you're not going to (laughs) forget. But um, I'd say that when it comes to to black women, a lot of times we do get that like blind eye, you know. And it's really funny because it's like a lot of people can attribute their success or their their betterment to black women as you said you know we've we now have a black female vice president we had a black first lady for some time before you know the travesty and i'm telling you one of the things that i think though is kind of also a travesty is how little we know about ourselves. Like, even though we see each other and we see our importance and our presence, it's like, as women, we kind of have this thing where if it's just something that's going to be a part of your life, if it's something that only you experience, it's something to be kept to yourself. (laughs) It's something that you should keep under wraps and, and away out of the public, you know, view. And... A part of that has to do with, you know, just how womanhood is. 
it's been kind of like subordinate and under the wraps uh, as opposed to manhood. Oh my God, Joe, Joe, he did it. He did it, Joe. You're gonna be the next president of the United States. Kamala Harris <laughs> is the first black uh, VP. She's definitely made history, black woman VP and South Asian American VP. So shout out to her. And I feel mm-hmm. like uh, definitely destroyed a whole bunch of glass ceilings. You know, I definitely would want to see her in the 2024 election, you know, if, if we can, or 2028, however it goes. And um, I feel like it's such uh, an inspiration uh, to women and to young girls everywhere, right? So that reminds me mm-hmm. of this audiobook that I uh, just perused through on Audible. It's called The Truths We Hold, An American Journey by Kamala Harris. Uh, it's a book about the core truths that unite us and the long struggle to discern what those truths are and how best to act upon them in our own life and across the life of our country. So definitely check it out. Uh, we have a 30-day trial available. If you go to www.audibletrial.com slash Black Hypothesis and definitely let us know what you think. Shout out to Kamala and all the Black women that are out here still uh, making strides and making this country better. Thank you. Yes, Miss VP. I am there for that. I'm going to check that out because I just love when we hear about women that have made it to where they want to make it to. And you can read their accounts and realize like they're a regular woman just like you. So it makes that same path even that more realistic in a way, because I think that we all see it as something that's far fetched and fantasy. All right. But now let's uh, let's. Let's start digging to it. Digging to it. I don't think you can okay. shovel. Whatever. <laughs> no, I like well, I like so, the shovel. Okay, I had to do something cool. different, you know? I had to do something different. I had to come up. You're going to dance while I dig. That, that's how it is. It's all right. I hope you. All right. So basically, I think that it's important to, to just define even what like fibroids are and they're masses they're non-cancerous but they're like tumors that grow on the on the womb okay of a woman and it's it's interesting because we are not completely sure of the reason that they occur but it isn't all that uncommon for them to occur so that is something that we do want to acknowledge as we start here so Basically, your uterus is always in use. We've already talked about it in a couple of episodes, but we have this cyclical process of either having to shed a uterine lining when you when you have your period if you're not pregnant or if you are pregnant, having to build that up to support the growth of a child. The you, which could be complicated or get more complicated when you have masses there, right? For either process. And so some of the symptoms that can occur when someone has uh, uterine fibroids is like they can experience a lot of pain. Uh, they can have like heavy bleeding for like 10 days instead of like what would be considered 
normal. And I say normal because it's very difficult to pinpoint what normal is, but it would be like five to six, maybe even seven days. Uh, but that's a little bit longer, you know, and for it to be heavy the entire time, that's also abnormal. Um, also, they can experience like uh, weight gain and difficulty losing that weight. It can, and here's the kicker, a uh, fibroid can be small, like the size of a pea, or it can grow to be very, very large. And one of the cases that I saw was like almost the size of a football. So yeah. they can be really big and, and pose tremendous stress on the body and on the women because they can cause like depression and anxiety. Some women start to, you know, feel insecure about the way that they look. So it becomes a bigger problem altogether. Even though they're non-cancerous by definition, it doesn't mean that they are unhealthy or not harmful. All right. So let's break it down because this is this is the real key to my problem and my discontent with this issue that we're facing here in the States. I don't understand completely why it is that we don't know more about why fibroids occur in women and specifically why it is so much more of the burden of disease is so much greater with black women than it is with white women. Because right now, all I can see is non-care. People just don't care about the situation. And that's why so little research is being done. I read a research study. Um, it was published in 2013 and they were following women and they were saying that black women were three times more likely to experience fibroids. They were also more likely to experience severe symptoms rather than minor symptoms uh, based on the occurrence and reoccurrence of these fibroids. And they were more likely to like have to call out of work, more likely to need to be hospitalized, um, which takes them away from work and even their families. And they were also more likely to get, you know, hysterectomies because of the reoccurrence of these fibroids. And I'll define hysterectomies as well. That's when you remove um, or you, it's kind of like tying your tubes almost, at least the effect when it comes to being able to bear children, it's similar. But the difference is that a hysterectomy is a surgical removal of the uterus altogether. Okay. So these people no longer have, anyone who has a hysterectomy at least a full hysterectomy, they no longer have a uterus, which can cause a whole myriad of other uh, medical complications, actually, not yeah. having a uterus. It sounds so, like that could be a last resort. Yeah, it's a lot of stress on the body in and of itself because you're going to have to be medicated like the whole time and stuff like that. It's because you no longer have your cervix, ovaries, fallopian tubes, like all that is gone. And you have to remember that for, for women, the ovaries are the gonads. So you have hormones that are coming from that region to, you know, support your body and like keep that, that harmony um, 
and those cyclical patterns that I was mentioning before. So you're going to have to be medicated so that you can try to artificially keep that cycle going and keep that, um, that homeostasis type of hormone cycle going. And I just, when I tell you my confusion is unreal, it's unreal, but it's, it's like, I understand, but I'm just so disappointed at the fact that this study at the time of this study, there was only one other study before it that really went into and tried to explain how it could be that fibroids come about, but they didn't break down the uh, participants by race. And for public health, that's a really important thing, distinction, because the uh, scientific data that you're manipulating to come up with the facts and figures that you do from your research, you have to be able to standardize it. And it's not going to, to make much sense or be representative of the truth if you can't make that distinction, if like one group is experiencing this disease at a higher rate than say another group, it's going to make it seem like everything is the same. And this is the general consensus. This is the truth when it's not. The truth is that there's one group that's experiencing it at one rate. And then there are other groups experiencing this same problem at a much higher rate, which could explain explain some reasons for the occurrence of the disease that you'd be able to see, you know? So they'll think that they're fine or they'll think that, oh, something is wrong because they're above average. And really the average for them is just higher than what the actual Much higher, exactly. And so the thing is as well that because of, as we already have talked about before, the unfair treatment of Black women when they do seek medical advice or the opinions of their providers, they can be kind of like misdiagnosed or not diagnosed at all, not have any prognosis for a long time until they start to feel sick, like really sick. And that can pose an issue because if somebody's coming to you saying that, oh, they have pain or, you know, they, their menstrual cycle is off or, or very unusual and you're just brushing them off, then they don't have any way to treat the symptoms that they're having or potentially uh, get this get like these masses removed from their uterus before it starts to really cause major problems. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, going to catch them too late. Right. Yeah. I was uh, not sure. I was watching uh, something like a documentary and uh, some of the things ladies is talking about, it's like, it's horrible, but mostly because like they, they happen in situation one, like, like you said, they feel like they're not being heard. So they, mm-hmm. they you almost make them, you almost, they almost make you feel like, oh, you're, you're, you're being a bother or you're, you're just not you're handling something extra. that, yeah, you're just not handling something that you should, you should be able to handle. And they were yeah. telling all these stories about how like they're not on their period. It's not time. And, you know, it kind of like the, the tumors that you're talking about, it presses on their bladder. So they have increased urination or one, a few times they would just be sitting at a restaurant and blood is just trickling down their leg and they just have to like run out of there, you know, cause they don't know. Like one of them was actually like in a board meeting, like at her company, at her job. And she felt wet and her seat was filled with blood. She was so embarrassed, you know, yeah. and she had to just like get out and leave, you know? So it's, um, and that's, and that's, 
unfair. It's just not right to to make it seem like this is just something that you're supposed to deal with as a woman. No, it's not. And I feel that, you know, just as we, because it just reminded me of a conversation that you had in one of your earlier episodes, um, kind of going through the history of the OBGYN field and how it began and with the torture of Black women, it's, in a sense, not much has changed. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel comfortable with the level of change that has occurred in that field. If you are as an MD or a nurse or somebody who has taken an oath to first do no harm, completely not regard patients that actually need your help. Yeah. Just dismiss them without really doing all that you can to help their situation. So and oh, yeah, the fact no, you, that- definitely, you definitely make a good point. It's almost as if like, you know, once you stop making us more black slaves, we don't care anymore. You know, like there's no more yeah. research to go into your body or anything like that. When a whole field is just based on, you know, making sure that, you know, your bodies were healthy enough to produce more slaves. It's crazy. Like it's. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, because if you think of that and then compare it to the wo- a woman coming into you and just being like, well, you're just complaining, you know, stop complaining. What do you have to complain about? You're free. You got all that. It's pretty much like that. It's just like you you are expected to just lay down and take whatever is happening to you because I don't respect you enough to to really work hard in fixing your problem. And so when you hear things like these black women are more likely to get hysterectomies, you're you should also be connecting the dots that these women can no longer bear children because they don't have ovaries, which is in a way a control over the growth of a black population because these black women would have black babies. And so if you stop these women from having black babies, then there are black babies in the world. Don't want nobody you know, wants that, right? You know, so I, I just feel that more needs to be done, more research needs to be done, and support needs to be given because there are plenty of other ways to treat the occurrence of fibroids other than a hysterectomy that obviously either are not being offered to some patients or help is being held back for such a long time that these other treatments are no longer. Uh, an option for these women. It's one of the two, and both are not good. So both need to be fixed and remedied. Right. right. Yeah, I was actually uh, the same documentary that, that I was, uh, I'm talking about. Um, they were talking, I think it's called UFE. The letters might be wrong, but I can at least describe it. And uh, they they gave the testimony of this lady. She was having the, the fibroids. She was telling the doctor, and the doctor's like, yeah, you need to have a hysterectomy. And she asked if there were any um, any other options that she could take. She's like, yeah, mm-hmm. there are, but hysterectomy is the best is the best route to go. And she still wants to have kids. It's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know. I don't know why we can't, you know, at least try some of the other things first. But it seems like a last resort to her. And the doctor just like looks at her in the face, like, I'm the doctor, and this is what's best for you. Like that type of like that type of thing, you know? Like yeah, like how are you going to tell me I'm the professional? Right, exactly. And then later on, you know, she leaves him. And she finds this other doctor. And with this procedure that, uh, that I'm talking about, that the name just escapes me right now, 
Uh, it's it's not invasive at all. You can keep your you can keep your uterus and you can get rid of the fibroids. And the way they did it is like make a, an incision. They make a, a a small incision. It's not super invasive. And what he does uh, essentially is he can find the uh, arteries or the veins that's feeding the fibroids because blood is what makes what's making them grow. Mm-hmm. And they can tie them off, and you can cut off that blood supply. And as you cut them off, the fibroids will start to shrink and they'll start to die because they don't have the blood feeding and making it grow anymore. To the point where they can almost pull them out without any problems. And it's like a very, it's it's a quick procedure. It's maybe two hours. Some of them will wake up and ask you, when are you going to get started? And they're already done. You know, they have very quick uh, recovery times as well. They can go back to work in a good amount of time. And they can, you know, still have kids if they if they want to. So, uh, mm. and, it, and it's not like, it, it's not popular or they don't want to advertise it. I don't know. For some, some reason, it's not new. It's not new. It's not a new procedure at all. Like, they've been no. Doing it so, yeah, they're, they're, these uh, minimally invasive procedures for the treatment of fibroids are not, they're not new and they are done all the time. Um, like what you were describing, it sounds like um, an embolization or like ablation or something. Both of those are done all the time, like for the heart and other cardiovascular uh, system parts where they can just, you know, tie off a particular portion of a vessel so that whatever clot or plaque isn't broken down anymore and it can just die off those or just not used anymore it's done all the time, but I think that what it is for these particular providers that aren't offering these solutions to people, it's like they're seeing, okay, you're a black woman. This is happening. There are more for you here. There are more fibroids. Cause like I told you, they tend to have more fibroids and they can be sometimes larger, which cause more, you know, severe symptoms. So they could be thinking, I just don't feel like doing the work to take all these out. You know, I'm used to, you know, like if this was a white lady, then I'd be taking maybe one or two or whatever, but you it's like three or four. And I don't feel like it's worth doing the, the more complex procedure. I'd rather just take out the whole uterus. So let's do that, you know, and people don't realize that a doctor doesn't always, there are several treatments, you know, So you have the right to request a second opinion if you don't like someone's initial opinion of what you should or shouldn't do. Because MDs, you have to make sure that, like we've said before, that the MD that you're seeing has your best interest at heart. And there are a lot of MDs that are just lazy when it comes to understanding the uh, the differences that they'll need to do in their practice when, when treating people of color. We're not all the same. And the fact that not enough research has been done to study why this is affecting Black women more is the problem that would, if we could just fix that problem, if we could just make it so that, okay, you care enough that you're going to do more research and find out, you know, why it is that it's occurring more in black women and what it is that you can do to properly treat 
uh, Black women with minimally invasive procedures rather than the hysterectomy. And then you'd be able to go ahead and teach that information to the medical schools all over the country or the world. Then you would have solved a very big problem, at least in the eyes of a particular community, right? Two communities, Black women and women in general, because that information is still going to help women in general. We always think that solving a Black problem is just solving a Black problem. But the truth is solving a Black problem is a solving everybody else's problems. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Cool. All right, so uh, uh, let's let's bring it back, right? Let's bring it back. Bring it back. So, I'm a man. I'm 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 not going to um, be afflicted with something like this, at least for that reason, like fibroids. But I I want to say that you know I do know women. I have a mother. I have a sister. I uh, I'm gonna marry a woman one day. I'm gonna have daughters. So it's like. It's not, I'm not complete. you're not completely cut off from that, right? You're not siloed from that. And it's not something that you guys are dealing with on your own. So it's uh, something that, you know, a lot of people should also um, pay attention to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, familiar with your relationships. And I would say for the women, uh, I, I know you'd agree to definitely advocate for yourself. Like I said, like I said, with that second opinion, you know, don't let someone just herb you up like, like no, we're going to do this. And that's it. Like, no, you can definitely ask for another doctor go get another pen if you don't like it you know it should definitely should be like a, um, a side-by-side type of relationship and not just someone domineering over and say this is how it's gonna go you know the, the mm-hmm. solution could be um something that both parties uh, agree to you know especially when it's your own body and you know your money and your insurance that's paying for it you know they're, they're just they're just servicing you that's it you know so you're the boss in that situation not to let you know some medical professional uh uh, tell you otherwise or make you think otherwise you know yeah and i would say the way that this pertains to us now is just the same one of the same ways was described by uh, dr erica marsh in one of the articles that i was reading regarding uh the uh, the disease burden of fibroids in black women And she was basically saying when she was younger, she found herself, you know, constantly helping her mom make food, visit the hospitals, you know, to go see her mom's friends and stuff like that, who were, as she found out at the time, usually hospitalized for fibroids. And she didn't understand as as a child what fibroids were, but later on, as she attended medical school and she found out what that meant and she started to understand that you know it was a problem more so for black women than any other um any other race but also a woman problem in general that's when she decided to uh specialize in obgyn and be that black figure that could support the people that were like her and her community so it kind of allows us to take to Understanding this information and hearing these stories, understanding that women aren't exposed all the time to the information that pertains to their own bodies and the reasoning for that, it will also inspire all of us to be that change that we want to see, be that figure that can support the women in our lives and also the women in our communities who are very much like us needing 
that support and help that they aren't currently getting. Cool. Uh, yeah, so you could definitely sign me up. I'm on board with everything that I learned from this. You know, I think that there should definitely be uh, some more research that goes into it and um, any advocation that should be done should definitely it should just be done, you know, and it's, if there's any young people that are thinking about what to study and they're in med school right now, maybe that's something you can consider, right? Because it's, it's, uh, it's untapped territory and you could definitely be a huge resource, especially if you have skin in the game uh, as well. So, Yes. Look it up, sign yourself cool. up, learn more, and we'll have information regarding our topics today on our website. If you'd like to see the full video, of our episode, check out our YouTube page. And uh, we will have clips as well available on Instagram TV. And our full audio clip, as per usual, will be um, available to you on our podcast streaming platforms. All right, cool. Let's wrap this up. Paper made a pleasure as always. As always. Happy Women's Month. Hey, happy Women's Month. I'll see you in April. Yes. Peace. Peace. Guys, thanks for joining us today, and we hope you liked the episode. You can find us on all available streaming platforms, and please be sure to subscribe to this podcast. If you like the episode, go ahead and give us five stars. You can also follow us at Black Hypothesis on IG. We are also on Facebook. If you would like to reach out to us concerning any ideas for the show, critiques, or you would like to be a guest, Go on and send us an email at blackhypothesis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Peace.